You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone, Dave, here with Casey, and we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Always ready to talk football, my friend. Next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, October 25th. We're coming after you from Los Angeles, California. It is a beautiful, actually cooling off a bit, down to 63 degrees as the sun is setting on the coastline there. So Casey. cold. Yeah, so very <laughs> chilly, very chilly. In today's episode, we'll talk about the injury bug that keeps on biting, the return of in-season hard knocks, and, of course, all of the most incredibly awesome football games coming up this week. But before all that, Casey... Do you have nugs for the people? Always, always. You come hang with the dudes. It's nugs for everybody. <laughs> and a, a theme that continues, dude. 10 of the 13 games within one score in the fourth quarter, with eight of those games being decided by that one score. And this season, over 68% of the games have been within one score in the fourth quarter. It's coming down to the wire. And last week, three games decided by a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation. It's wow. close. It's toy. It's every week, every week. So I love it. All right, baby. folks. <laughs> That's amazing. We all love the NFL for that reason, exactly. Tight games. All right, the trend zone now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Casey, moving on to the top trending stories. And as usual, we have to start this, generally speaking, always with the rash of injuries that's going on. And there are a pretty good number of premier players that are suffering injuries that might keep them out. Yeah, um, good news for Charger fan. Justin Fields is progressing, but he's probably not going to make it. The money badgent doesn't care. <laughs> he's going to get that start in L.A. Maybe he's got that strong arm just like Pops. Deshaun Watson, he's going to be out. Is it a shoulder? Is it a concussion? Maybe it's a concussed shoulder. I do not know. And it just came up a little bit ago. Brock Purdy's in the concussion protocol. I saw the hit where it happened in a Vikings game. Mm -hmm. He got smashed trying to dive over for that first down. Next play was an interception. I don't know how um, we missed it from the end of the game until Wednesday, but at least they found it. So it's probably going to be Sam Darnold going up against those Bengals. Jerome Ford, he left the Browns game with an ankle injury. Um, speaking of running backs, Bijan Robinson had a tummy ache. Somehow the Falcons didn't let anybody know about it. That's weird because they're supposed to disclose all that information. If I'm spending my ticket money to come see one of my favorite players and they know yep. he's not going to play but don't tell, shady, folks, very shady. Uh, for the Didn't Packers. help my fantasy score at all either, Casey. No, right? <laughs> you needed that information before kickoff. They should have given it to you. Um, Christian Watson for the Packers. He's probably going to be out. He's got a knee injury. Jalen Waddle for the Dolphins. He's got a back injury. Um, Luke Musgrave, the tight end for the Packers. Um, maybe back for week 10. And your guy, Gerald Everett, he's got a quad injury. They're hoping he'll be back for week 9. And... For the Seahawks, linebacker Uchenna Nwosu, he is out for the season, dude. That is brutal. Yeah, former Chacha, former Trojan, too. Good guy. Um, all right, Casey, moving along. The Hard Knocks uh, in-season 
additions are back, and uh, the NFL's got a surprise for us. What does Little Orphan Annie have to do with the NFL, Dave? Oh, <laughs> we're talking hard knocks, not a hard knock life. Yeah, third straight season <laughs> NFL cameras and microphones getting in the locker room to follow a team mid-season. The Dolphins are going to be in that, and it'll be interesting to see how this goes with all the uh, Super Bowl aspirations for these guys and what a sound bite um, the coach is down there in Miami. Love McDaniels on everything, dude. He is pretty awesome. So um, that is going to be delightful television. Yeah, I got to admit, though, McDaniel is kind of a character. So mm -hmm. I think it will be interesting to hear some of the behind-the-scenes uh, wackiness, his humor and all that stuff. And that team Definitely. is kicking butt, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we'll see if I actually can tune in uh, this time around. So I didn't catch right, an episode of the Colts <laughs> one last year, so we're going to try, though. We're going to try, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Hopefully I'll get sucked into this thing. All right, Case, enough of this stuff. Let's get to what the people really come here for, and that is our previews for all of the NFL action coming up in week eight. What? It said you say? all the NFL action in week eight here, Casey. Week eight? That's correct, sir. Week eight. It's slipping away. <laughs> yes, it is. Indeed, it is slipping away. Oh, my but... God. We're almost at the halfway point, Dave. I'm We're freaking almost out. Almost at the halfway point. There is no official halfway point. Oh. But, uh Halfway point of the regular season approaching. <laughs> All right. I should get this going then, right? Please do. How get us started with Thursday night football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills are eight and a half point favorites in this one. All right. Well, the Bills are now four and three. Interestingly, they've lost two of the last three, including last week, losing 29 to 25 at New England. The offense played pretty well in the loss, though. Josh Allen passed for 265 and three touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, six catches, 58 yards, his sixth touchdown of the season. Dalton Kincaid continues to be impressive, setting career highs and, and catches with eight, receiving yards with 75 last week, and Cook led the team with 102 scrimmage yards. So, And he had his first TD catch of the season. So all those things sound really good. Uh, they just let that game slip away right there at the end. You know, the offense, very good statistically, eighth in yards, third in points, 28 points per game third best on third down, and uh, they're just above average running the ball, but that's better than they were last year running the ball. And on defense, generally above average statistically, they're not quite as good as they were stats-wise. But the good thing is they're fifth in points given up and second in sacks with 25. They got 14 takeaways. So those are some big money stats for you there. As a weakness, they are ranked just 23rd versus the run and 24th on third down. Overall, the team is second in net points with plus 80. So they're outscoring their opponents, generally speaking. When they win, they win big. Yeah, dude, you mentioned the Bills losing to the Patriots and these Bucks. They lost to the Falcons. Disappointing losses for both teams. And if the Bucks do win this game, it will be their first ever win in Buffalo, shockingly. Last week, Antoine Winfield Jr. almost came up with a game-saving play when he forced that Ritter fumble just as he was crossing the goal line. Tampa, plus seven in turnovers. Uh, and they're also ramping up rookie Kalasia Kansi's reps. Man, that defense has been solid and is definitely not the problem for the Bucks. Baker Mayfield leading the NFL through seven weeks and passer rating on third down, third in completion nice. percentage on third down, too. Additionally, when facing pressure, 
uh, Baker is second in the NFL in passer rating and fourth in completions percentage, but that's not translating into points. Those are nice numbers. And when you're signing your contract next year, that's going to look good. But these bucks only 17.2 points a game. And part of the problem, they can't run the freaking ball, just 77 yards per game. I guess, luckily for the bucks, Buffalo is not very good at stopping the run. They're hoping they can get Rashad white going, dude, just 266 yards or 3.2 per carry with a long run of only 13 yards on the season, man. They were not expecting that. Got to get the run game fixed if they want to compete in that uh, NFC South. All right, moving along to the early games on Sunday. We'll start it with the Texans at the Panthers. The Panthers on the road are favored by three. Take it, take it, Casey. Yeah, battle of the top two quarterbacks drafted in the NFL draft last year. So far, C.J. Stroud has played much better. He's taken care of the ball, only one interception on the season. Houston, as of right now, they're fully in the mix. Panthers, still looking for that first win. Bryce Young has not been great. He's getting better. Um, the season's a wash for these Panthers, and they don't even have the the first-round draft pick next year because they traded it to the Bears. That is brutal. Oof. Yeah, that is the brutal element of this is that they're not going to get to cash in on all those high picks in every mm-hmm. round, and that's certainly obviously in the first round there, so brutal there. Yeah. All right, Dave, up next, Los Angeles Rams at my Dallas Cowboys the Cowboys six and a half point favorites at home. That's high. Okay. And this Rams team, I mean, depending on which one shows up, right. We're going to be uh, a challenge for the Cowboys or, or maybe not. The Rams are three and four and they lost last week, 24 to 17 to the Steelers, which was very surprising to me, to be honest with you, the Rams mm-hmm. Cooper cup back in the mix fully. But last week uh, they were down their two top running backs in Kieran Williams and Ryan rivers. They're both on IR. It'll be a combo of, Darrell Henderson, uh, Daryl Henderson, excuse me, uh, who rushed for 61 yards and a touchdown in the season debut last week, as well as Royce Freeman, who had 66 rushing yards last week as well. So they're not getting no productivity there. There's a little something there. Matt Stafford has just seven TDs and six interceptions on the season with a passer rating of 82.3. So it seemed like he was really in a rhythm early on, and those numbers just don't support that what it seemed to me initially. Uh, He'll be tossing the ball, as I mentioned, to Cup, who, of course, is awesome. But Puka Nakua, the rookie, continues to dazzle. Eight catches, 154 yards last week, and he continues to set records. Last week, becoming the fourth player ever with 150 receiving yards in two of his first seven career games in NFL history. So that's pretty amazing. Ranks third in the NFL amongst all players with 752 receiving yards and second player ever besides Jamar Chase with 700 plus receiving yards in his first seven games. So he's on a crazy uh, pace right now. Tutu Atwell Atwell also playing well. He had a TD last week. The Rams offense is still in the top half of the NFL in all the major statistics, including sixth in yards overall and passing. They're ranked seventh. So the defense, of course, led by Aaron Donald. They're generally above average, but the weak spot, is they're just 20th against the run, and they're near the bottom of the league with just 12 sacks and just five takeaways. And they're going to want to do a better job this week in those categories to want to maybe slow down Dak and the boys. Yeah, I think Aaron Donald and Zach Martin went back-to-back in that draft, two all-pro future Hall of Famers coming out of there. But Dallas is the worst 4-2 and team in the history of the NFL. Dave, depends who you ask. 
coming off a bye week after a must win against your Chargers. That bye did come at a great time. This is the healthiest the Cowboys have been all season. Just one name on the injury report, safety, Wanye Thomas, and he's still a full participant this week in practice. Um, So far, the reviews on this Texas Coast offense haven't been great. Although averaging 25.7 points a game, just down barely two points from last year, 27 and a half. So um, the is that problem, averaging just the offense or including that defensive barrage of scoring that we experienced along the way? I it's wonder. points, Dave. Points count the same. They don't say, <laughs> okay. oh, how'd they get there? All right. Um, <laughs> but the problem is the red zone, 30th in red zone touchdown rate. And other teams on a precipitous drop besides the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Eagles. But we're not going to talk about those guys' red zone problems, only the Cowboys because they're so far behind those teams. But part of the problem has been drops. Cowboys fifth in the league with 11 drops, a lot of those coming in the red zone. They've also not been able to run the ball. In week two against the Cardinals, Tony Pollard, 23 for 122, 5.3 per carry. In every other game combined, 59 for 178, just at three yards of carry. It's not getting yeah. it done. And this week, lots of King Henry talk, which is nice. But in my opinion, the O-line just hasn't been good. You know, maybe they're going to get there this weekend. will be the third straight game that it's had, the starting five all intact. Martin missed some time in preseason with the holdout. And then the injury, guys getting back. So hopefully they're um, working it out and it will be better. Um, but I don't think there's any problems that can't be fixed. It's just getting that cohesion there. But they better get it done soon because we got those stupid Eagles next week. Defensively, fifth <laughs> overall, number three against the pass, but 18th against the run. That scares me a little bit against these Rams who are starting to run the ball a little bit more. Fourth in scoring at under 17 a game. They signed Rashawn Evans to help fill the void of losing Leighton Vander Esch. And if they can stop the run, that might be bad news for Matt Stafford. He's already been sacked 18 times. And Ooh. Dallas has 16 sacks and 12 takeaways. Uh, Stafford's had a few interceptions as well. But if these boys don't tackle, they're going to be in trouble. Speaking of tackling well, Dave, DeMarcus Ware will be inducted into the Cowboys ring of honor at halftime. More good news. Mike McCarthy at 11-5 and five following bye weeks. This team is a work in progress, but as long as they get better – it's all good. Our goal is to be playing our best football in January and February. It's October, yeah. man. We got time. Pump the brakes a little bit. Everything is going to be okay, I think. Yeah. Uh, every team is a work in progress at this point. And like you said, you absolutely don't want to be peaking right Mm-mm. now. You want to be. Remember last year it- when the Bills came out week one? We're like, oh my God, dude. They, yeah. they looked insane and then they lost. Right. Yeah. Let's build. You need that adversity season. along the way, builds yeah. character, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you want to win every game, but, you know, it's the NFL. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's keep it going towards the big time goals. It's a marathon, people. All right, Dave. Up next, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers and the the Vikings are one point favorites in this one. Ooh, that's crazy. Okay, well, yeah. After an 0-3 start, the Vikings had a signature win beating the 49ers on Monday Night Football last week. Vikings obviously got their season turned around here. Call off the trade deadline fire sale for the Vikings. They've won two in a row and uh, three of the last four, and they are alive and well at three and four right now and in second place in the division, certainly in the wild card mix, if not a threat to actually to division uh, to to Detroit, who's right in front of them in the division. At two and four, however, the pack are not too far behind either. 
especially if they can get a win this weekend, right? Unfortunately, the Pack are headed the other direction, though, having lost three straight and coming off that loss to Denver last week. Uh, probably feeling like they hit rock bottom at this point, Packer fan and, you know, and players and coaching staff. Both teams, obviously, it's divisional. They need it very badly. Um, neither team can afford to drop this game right now. And these Vikings, their problem has just been the turnovers. They've started to clean huh? that up a little bit. They were plus two on Monday night. They got the win. Hmm. I see where it's going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Up next case, it's the Saints at the Colts. This one has evened out. It is a pick em. Talk about That's it. our first pick em of the year, right? Yep. Sure is. Nice. Dude, these Colts got jobbed by the refs last week. At least the NFL oh. came out and said, oh, sorry. Did we screw you guys over late in that game and take a win? Our bad. How did that happen? Um, so I don't know if that makes you feel better as a Colt fan or not, but it definitely sucks because they should have won that game. And these Colts, man, they are showing signs of life. This is a very talented roster, especially getting a healthy JT back. Um, last week, these sh- Saints showed a lot of fight, but they started too slow. They also need help in the run game, and they're not getting the usual output from Alvin Kamara in the pass game. This year, just 5.1 per reception. That's a career low. Last year, he was 8.6 reception. So hmm. I don't know if they're still working everything out with that offense and getting Carr, you know, up to speed, but just not getting what they want out of Kamara. But this is a very winnable game. But I like I, I guess I like the Colton is at home. The men's shoes, you know, with that sweet stash. Yeah, just the fight I know. they showed the last magic, week. It's just it's feverish, right? You get exciting. Yeah. It's a great, it's a really good Saints defense that he's going to go against. But hey, that was a great defense last week that he played against too, and he did a nice job. They deserve to win that game. You're absolutely right. All right, up next, Dave, we have the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins are nine point favorites in this one. And how about these Patriots? Just I listened to last They're week's dead. show. <laughs> we did not give them any love at all. Okay. but I'll Was that what, wrong of us? I don't know. It seemed the thing to do at the time, Casey. But Patriots had a huge win last week, driving 75 yards in under two minutes to get the game-winning TD. A toss from Mac Jones to Mike Gusecki to beat the Bills, man. What a game. That broke a three-game losing streak and elevated the Pats to two and five. Still a long way to go. But those are the kind of wins that go a long way for a team's confidence, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, we finally got that 300th regular season win for Bill Belichick. And through the Dolphins, who are coming off a loss to the Eagles, and they are not lacking in confidence either the way they've been scoring all year long. The Dolphins lead the NFL in total offense, scoring offense at over 34 points a game. Uh, this will be a battle between the old master in Bill Belichick and the boy genius in Mike McDaniel. It's going to be exciting to see those guys go at it. Yeah, that's going to be good stuff. And if somehow the Patriots can figure out a way to win this game, all of a sudden, man, all bets are off in that wacky, wacky AFC East. Wow. No kidding. It's going to be exciting. Okay, up next, it is the New York Jets are traveling, I guess traveling, to the New York Giants. It is a home game for the Giants. The Jets on the road here, technically, are favored by three in the Battle of New York. Hey, it's really a battle for Jersey. Oh, 
Tyrod <laughs> was that offensive spark, you know, but or maybe it was the healthy Saquon Barkley, maybe a little bit both, but that defense really starting to flash. The G-Men's played really good football in back-to-back games, almost beat the Bills two weeks ago, did beat the Commandos last week, but the Jets have been playing pretty good too. They have two wins in a row, and Zach Wilson, only one interception in his last four games but also only two touchdowns in those last four games. You need more of those. Um, but I'm thinking that that Jets pass for us should be the difference. Um, pressuring quarterbacks at 37% um, percent rate, and that's without blitzing. That's fourth best, uh, just blitzing under 19% of the time. Giants have allowed 37 sacks. Dave, forget about it. Ooh. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, it's going to be off. interesting to see the Jets if they can get it cranking up here against their uh, hometown rivals here. Yeah, it should be good. All right, Dave, up next, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jags are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, I apologize in advance to Steeler fan because it's hard for me to come up with a lot of awesome stuff except they're four and two, Okay. Coming off a road win, beating the Rams 24 to 17. They have a record that's winning, obviously, at four and two, despite being negative 24 in the points differential. Pitt's also statistically one of the worst offenses and defenses in the league. On offense, they're 31st in yard and 26th in points at just over 17 points a game. With five TDs and four interceptions, Pickett is ranked 25th in passer rating, and uh, their offense is just 25th in passing overall so they're even worse rushing right ranking 28th the Steelers rank 28th in rushing yards per game at just over 80 yards per game on a positive note Najee Harris and Jalen Warren each had their first rushing touchdowns of the season last week and on defense I mentioned they're not very good there either surprisingly for the Steelers squad they are ranked 30th in yards wow. 17th in points given up at over 21 a game and they're the good news, here it is. They're plus six in the turnover ratio. They've got 12 takeaways. They have perfected the art of the ugly win. And if they can somehow turn this game into an ugly game, then they've got a decent chance at another win. And they have T.J. Watt, which never hurts. And they do have T.J. <laughs> Watt. You know, these Jags, though, after losing to the Texans, they've won four games in a row, and they look like it's all coming together for them. Mm -hmm. They did almost let it slip away last week against the Saints, but they didn't. Jags, fourth in total defense, fourth against the run, but only uh, uh, nine interceptions, and Josh Allen putting together a very strong season, seven sacks, six TFLs, dude. But wow. it's the offense that I'm starting to really dig here. Trevor Lawrence taking care of the football. But Travis Etienne, dude, this cat is really starting to shine. Over 500 rushing yards and almost 200 receiving yards. And Dave, count them, two touchdowns in each of his last three games. If the Jags don't make mistakes, they'll beat these Pittsburgh Steelers. But these Pittsburgh Steelers make you make mistakes. So That's right. Every time we want to count the Steelers out, they somehow come up with a win. It's going to be tough sledding for those guys on Sunday, though. Yeah, no doubt. How about Jackson sitting at at fifth at five and two right now? If they can punch this uh, W and get to six and two, I believe their bye is coming up next week. Yeah, it's next, and it's like, San Francisco the week after that. So you're feeling pretty good 
six and two, you got all that uh, England travel crap out of the way. Yeah. Time to rest. Duval. Tell you, they'd be, they'd be sniffing around that number one seed down the road there. I got to take a glance at that schedule further down the road, but they're in pretty good shape right now, man. I'll tell you what. Absolutely. All right. Up next case, he's the Falcons at the Titans. The Falcons are favored by three. Yeah, and these Falcons, they stole a win from the Bucks last week, and they're all alone in first place in the NFC South despite a negative 18-point differential. Uh, no word yet on if Bijan still has that tummy ache from last week. Um, <laughs> we'll see if he plays, if the Falcons let us know either way. But, Dave, this Titans team might look a lot different next week at this time with the trade deadline coming up on Halloween. The rumors of the fire sale are really starting to reverberate very loudly. Most likely a combo of Will Levis and Malik Willis at quarterback on Sunday. Speaking of looking different, the Titans will be wearing the Houston Oilers throwback on Sunday. One of the best uniforms ever. That alone is reason to tune in to that game just to see that. (laughs) Fantastic, man. I'm definitely tuning in for that. That stokes me out. Dude. You were tuning in anyways, Dave, but that's ah, just you're a little right. extra. So that you would have been there. It would have been nice if All the Falcons right. were wearing their throwbacks on the same day. Those oh, Falcons yeah, that would be nice great, too. dude. Oh, but those Oilers unis are so dope. I miss seeing them in the mix. Absolutely. All right, Dave. An NFC East battle up next, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commandos. And these Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, and it's a rematch of uh, week four overtime Philadelphia win in Philadelphia. So this was a tight game earlier in the season. Commanders lost to the Giants last week to drop to three and four. Very disappointing there. Uh, But Sam Howell has played well. He passed for 249 yards last week. He's strung together some decent play at the quarterback position. In the week four meeting at Philadelphia, Howell passed for 290 and a touchdown with no picks. So that's kind of good enough to be in there playing some ball with them. Wide receivers all contributing. Terry McLaurin had six catches for 90 yards last week. Kurt Samuel rushed for a TD in the week four meeting in Philly. And um, Jahan Dotson had five catches last week and had a receiving touchdown in that week four meeting. So uh, they're they're going to be a challenge for these Eagles. Uh, you know, they're going to pose a challenge to some degree. They're going to need more of that kind of productivity, though, because the Washington offense has not run the ball well still. 86 yards per game. That's 26 in rushing. And they're the second worst in the league on third down offensively at under 30% conversion rate on third down. You're not keeping the ball away from that Eagles team when you're punting all the time uh, on fourth down because you can convert on third defense is surprisingly not as good as we thought they'd be. They're 28th in yards, 29th in points uh, given up. And uh, that's over 27 points a game that they're giving up. So good luck commandos. Here come the Eagles. Uh, you better better convert on some third downs and put some points on the board. Yeah, and if you ask Micah, these Eagles are the best team in the NFL, and it's actually be hard to argue that they're not. Six and one, you mentioned earlier, they dismantled the Dolphins, and Jalen Hurts isn't even playing his best football. Already eight interceptions on the season, and it hasn't mattered one bit. I was going to say it hasn't even hurts them, but I didn't. <laughs> well, it did kind of matter in that game. They threw away Casey when he tossed up a, a bunch of picks, but 
Well, yeah, last week, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> hurts, hurts is where I was going with that. Yeah. Dave. Come on, come Trevor. on, man. Okay. AJ Trevor. Brown definitely hurting other teams. See, so he stepped all over my joke, and now it didn't. But no, seriously, AJ Brown <laughs> five games in a row with at least 127 yards receiving on the season already. 75 for 809 and three touchdowns. I guess when he was all disgruntled yelling at Jalen on the sideline, it flipped the switch because that guy is balling and such a balanced True. team. Top three offense, top four rushing, top ten passing. One of the best offensive lines in the league, and they're unstoppable on third or fourth down and one. You just can't Oof. do it. They can go. They'll go for it inside their own twenty if it's only one yard. Um, oh, bad news! They're also pretty good on defense too. Number one against the run, twenty-four sacks, thirty-seven TFLs already. And it still blows my mind that Arizona let Hassan Reddick get away, dude. He's got five and a half sacks and seven of those TFLs. Um, the defensive front, freaking brutal, dude. Jalen Carter, absolute monster. Now, it also helps that the Eagles have scored on their first possession six times in seven games. They get a lead, and then they let that defense go to work. Pretty good formula. I guess it also helps when your opponent commits 10 penalties and you don't commit one, not even one penalty in that game 10 to one wow <laughs> wow gotta question some of the refereeing out there casey behind the scenes there some strings being pulled hmm. 10 to none no conspiracies here no we're not talking any of that nonsense <laughs> okay moving along to the late game casey late slate of games that is we'll get it started with the browns at the seahawks seahawks at home favored by three and a half in this one yeah, we still don't know if DK Metcalf is going to play on Sunday. That's a total bummer for fantasy managers, but totally awesome for Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo, JSN, 4 for 63 in a TD last week. Bobo, 4 for 61 in a TD. That's a very good Cleveland defense over there, so they're going to have to keep Geno clean and try to get Kenneth Walker the third going early. They did lose edge rusher Uchenna Nwoso, which we talked about earlier, but they're also bringing back Frank Clark. We thought it was a, a done deal, him going to the Chiefs. Nope, he decided to go back to Seattle. He's going to help fill that void, uh, the loss of Nwosu. The Hawks, three or more sacks in four straight games. And rookie Devin Witherspoon, dude, this cat, you got him with the Russell Wilson picks, yep. and it's been totally awesome. He's looking into stay in that lead for the – Defensive rookie of the year. He had another great game. And if you're into PFF, he is the top rated defensive back. They should stack the box, force PJ Walker and that 31st ranked pass attack to try to beat them. These Hawks held Arizona scoreless in the second half of last week's game and have held three straight opponents to under 250 yards of total offense. If they just take care of the football, then they're going to be fine. Oh, speaking of fine, the Hawks are wearing those fine-ass 90s-era throwback unis for the first time, too. Sweet! Yeah, oh, I'm a uniform yeah. geek. I'm proud of it. I love that stuff. Come on. <laughs> no doubt. That'll take me back to when the Seahawks were part of the AFC West for all those years, since when they joined the league in 76. Oh, my childhood. Okay, let's talk about these Browns, Casey. Came into the game on a uh, coming to this game, rather, on a two-game winning streak, <clears throat> including an impressive win two weeks ago against the 49ers, and then last week eking one out against Indy, as we mentioned, with a lot of help from the officials. And once again, 
Deshaun Watson was injured. On the season, just four touchdowns and three picks for Deshaun Watson, though. So he has hardly played, and he hasn't played all that well with a passer rating of uh, 80.9. So he's out heading into this week. That has just been announced. It'll be P.J. Walker, who had 178 yards passing last week. Good news, they can run the ball, this team, with a great offensive line. But Jerome Ford led the team last week with 94 scrimmage yards. Most of it, though, was on that 169-yard TD run. That's the third longest run of the season. And he was also injured in that game, so he's doubtful for this one. So good news, Kareem Hunt's on the squad uh, ever since Chubby got lost. And uh, he had two touchdowns last week. So he knows the scheme. He knows how to play with this this group, and he should be productive. The offense for the Browns is 19th in yards and also on third down. So not great. Um, and 31st on passing. You mentioned, I believe, how they are not a great passing squad right now. They are a strong team, ranking second in the league and scoring over 22 points a game, which is above league average. Uh, and they're just 30th on third down, though. So difficult time converting on third down. Defense, we mentioned, obviously, this is one of the top defenses in the league. 10th in points, though, now at 19.2. First in yards and versus the pass, seventh versus the run. So very solid across the board. They're going to need to get a solid performance out of that defensive unit to, and Find a way to put some points on the board offensively if they want to get another W this weekend in Seattle. It's going to be a tough one. <clears throat> it's going to be a good game. All right. Up next, Casey, it is the Ravens at the Cardinals. The Cardinals, excuse me, the Ravens on the road are favored by eight and a half. Yeah, Dave. And this bird battle should not be close. However, the Super Bowl curse has been real. And people talking about the Ravens being the best team in the NFL. That's been the kiss of death the last few weeks. We'll see if that That's trend right. continues. Um, some good news for the Cardinals, at least. Kyler Murray took some first and second team reps in practice last week. Uh, head coach Jonathan Gannon did not rule Murray out for Sunday, but I'm assuming they're not going to rush him back to get there just to face these Ravens. And on offense, dude, these Ravens are putting it all together. Lamar's looking at another MVP type season and their defense is pretty good too. So bloodbath, bird battle, bloodbath. <laughs> no doubt that that Ravens offense was clicking last week. So mm -hmm. they can keep that going. That that talk is going to keep, uh, keep continuing yeah. for them. And that was the lions. And these are the Cardinals. Ugh. Hmm. All right, Dave up next, we got the Kansas city chiefs at the Denver Broncos and the chiefs are seven and a half point favorites on the road. All right, well, the Chiefs had not had a breakout performance offensively this year. That is, <laughs> until they got a chance to play the Chargers defense last week. And, yeah, they racked up a ton of yards. Mahomes set season highs in completions with 32, completion percent at over 76, passing yards at 424, and four touchdown passes with a 129.5 rating last week. Kelsey, a season-high 12 catches for 179 yards and a touchdown last week. He was open on every play. The 6-1 Chiefs are in commanding control of the AFC West and are currently the top seed in the AFC. Then there's the Broncos. At 2-5, and five, they're coming off a home win versus uh, Green Bay, so good news for them. Russell was pretty good, actually. 20 of 29, 194 yards in the touchdown. No picks. Not bad. He has the offense playing a little bit better there. I've got to give him credit. It's the Broncos' defense that's really something to be Ugh. concerned about ranking 32nd in yards and versus the run, 31st in points um, at 31 points per game given up. 
and 30th versus the pass. There's really no bright spot in there that you can find. Considering the any given Sunday theory, though, the fact that it is divisional and the Broncos are at home, we can only hope for a decent game. With a win, though, Mahomes would be 13-0 and against the Broncos. That's a pretty 13-0, 13 straight wins, having never lost in his entire career to the Broncos. It's got to happen at some point, but I don't know when. <laughs> this weekend? <laughs> All Maybe, right. I don't um, know. <laughs> no. Doubt it. All right. <laughs> Next up, it's the Bengals at the 49ers. 49ers at home are favored by three and a half in this one, Casey. This is a rematch of Super Bowl that we've seen twice. The first time it was in 1982, Super Bowl 16. The 49ers were up 20 to zip at half and never looked back. They did beat the Bengals 26 to 21 in that one. The second time, Super Bowl 23, that was where 49ers receiver John Taylor hauled in a 10-yard strike from quarterback Joe Montana former Notre Damer with 34 seconds left to lift the 49ers above the Bengals with a 20 to 16 victory. That also comes with the John Kenny story on that last drive as they were getting in the huddle. Some of those offensive linemen, one in particular was freaking out that John Candy uh, was somewhere in the end zone area, not that far away. Joe Montana said, Hey, isn't that Joe? Isn't that John Candy over there? Everybody looked around, and it was John Candy. And they said, it just lightened the mood. And then they said, let's go win this thing. And they oh, did. Oh, man. And Dave, that Super Bowl 16 in an alternate universe, it was my Cowboys stomping your Chargers. Oh, that would have been fun. Maybe. Oh, the catch that I'll never forget Woo. and the frostbite that Dan Fouts will never forget in your <sighs> AFC title game. But, Dave, yeah. maybe this is going to be – a Super Bowl matchup we see for a third time. The Niners coming off back-to-back back losses, and it's hard to not overreact, but the sky is definitely not falling. Um, we just heard the news that Brock Purdy won't be playing in this game most likely, but even with him out, in reality, dude, these Niners are a couple missed field goals away from being undefeated, so I'm not freaking out on them. But if they do drop three in a row, it might be time for a more serious conversation although if purdy doesn't play there's a, a fire sale trade everybody yeah Casey? get rid of mccaffrey it <laughs> will take kittle i guess we can get you know fred warner <laughs> if you really want to let him go we'll take him oh my god but dude all the fantasy football players that got cute and drafted jetta or chase over mccaffrey they might be looking for a delorean to try to go back to 1982 or whatever because <laughs> CMC, even with a below average game on Monday night, 15 carries for 45 yards, that's not good. Add a touchdown and add 51 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. That's okay. 16 games in a row with at least one touchdown, dude. This cat, I don't know how they hornswoggled Carolina, but, dude, they, they're doing yeah. something right there. Last week, though, Brock Purdy, two very costly interceptions, um, him being gone here. And maybe Sam Darnold, that might make Kyle lean on the San Francisco run game since he giving up over 140 on the ground. So that's probably not a bad idea anyways. Defensively, another killer game by Fred Warner. 13 total tackles and a TFL and a pass defended. He was also epic in those two goal line stands. But Cousins shredded this 49er defense, 378 and two touchdowns through there, only one sack. So... Joe Shiesty is probably licking his chops back there saying, wait a minute, 
if they can't sack me and I can throw, it is going to be a huge game for Chase. So um, hmm. if they can block for Joe, it's going to be a long night potentially for these 49ers. No panic yet. They have their bye week coming up too. But these Niners do not want to be riding a three-game losing streak into a bye week. It's a big game for both these teams. Since he losing a couple games early, starting to round into form, show your back by beating these Niners. Yeah, no doubt about that, Casey. And and Burrow and the Bengals coming off their bye, they're working their way back after that rough start that you mentioned. Certainly Burrow, when the calf injury contributed to that slow start, after a one and three start, they're now sitting at three and three, though. And just a game and a half back from the division league. However, they are 0 and 2 divisionally. So it's a big game for them. Joe Burrow last uh, last week, 185 was actually two weeks ago coming off their bye, 185 yards and two touchdowns. So playing pretty well there. Uh, still kind of modest numbers for Burrow. Um, and, you know, uh, the Cincy offense has really yet to statistically emerge from that ineffective start. That was such a bad start to the season. They're actually still last in total offense statistically right wow. now, near the bottom in passing, second to last in rushing and averaging under 17 points a game. Although the last couple of games, they've put some more points on the board. Defensively, they've been struggling too. They're 27th in yards given up, fourth worst versus the run. On a positive note, they are plus five in the turnover ratio, and they have eight takeaways. So, um, like you said, this is, game's got an, an interesting flavor to it now that we find that um, Purdy is not going to be playing, and it's going to be Sam Darnold in likelihood. Um, so, uh, I guess a little reunion of the Panthers over there on the Niners side, right, between those guys. Yeah. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see um, that defense for the Niners is going to have to play some stout football to uh, – to, you know, kind of keep Sam Darnold and that offense kind of in the situation where they yeah. don't feel pressured, right? Very interesting matchup there, especially with all the intangibles now with uh, the Darnold news. All right, David, a little Sunday night football right here in Los Angeles. It's the Chicago Bears at your Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, nine-point favorites. React. <laughs> That's right. Show me your lightning bolts. The Bears. R2 and five coming off their second win of the season last week, beating the Raiders 30 to 12, an impressive victory. Justin Fields, however, dislocated his thumb back a couple weeks. He'll miss this game as well. So it'll be Tyson Bajant for his second start of uh, his career, the undrafted rookie. Uh, he was 21 of 29 for 72 plus percent and 160 yards in the TD. Modest, but very efficient in both the games that he par- uh, that he played in. Um, in relief in, in fields and the one that he started. Also, Deontay Foreman was amazing, 120 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns last week. The Chargers are on a two-game losing streak. That has them dropped to two and four. And last week, um, the already much maligned L.A. defense was eviscerated by Mahomes, Kelsey, and the Chiefs. They have got to play better. And, in fact, it's nearly impossible for their defense to play worse. So um, – the Chargers have played well on both sides of the football in uh, stretches, but they have not been able to put together a complete game. And if they're going to do anything this season, it has to start with beating a less talented Bears team with an undrafted rookie quarterback, backup quarterback at the helm. The Chargers desperately need to win this game at home on Sunday night football. They got to take care of this one. Yeah, at some point, something's got to change. They're close in all these games, losing by a few points. That's only going to go so much further. they got to start winning those close games. Very talented roster. Just got to put it all together, man. 
All right, it's Monday night football, Casey, and it is the Raiders at the Lions. Lions are favored by eight and a half in this one. And, dude, what the hell are the Raiders doing? This is a rudderless pirate ship roaming lost in a sea of sand. Ahoy, mateys, Darby whiskey peats and an $8 ribeye. But the shrimp in that 99-cent shrimp cocktail do not look fresh. Where do I begin on this, dude? I mean, Man. I guess since the Raiders weren't yet officially eliminated from playoff contention, they started Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell. But why, dude? No no offense to Hoyer, but his two interceptions, yeah. including a pick six, he is not, was not, will not be the answer there, dude. At least mm-hmm. AOC was able to find the end zone in the fourth quarter, but still touchdowns are touchdowns. Two of nine on third down. They lost time of possession by over seven minutes. Josh Jacobs, dude, 11 for 35 on the season, 118 for only 347 yards. That's less than three yards a carry, dude. This was the leading rusher in the NFL last year, man. I have no faith in Josh McDaniels. I can only imagine what Raider fan must be feeling. I'm pissed off about it, and I don't care about the Raiders at all, but this is a bunch of bullcrap, dude. Even more anger, rage, and sadness than usual for Raider fan. I say liberate Crosby. I say liberate Devontae. Get some draft capital. Clear out this stinking coaching staff and start fresh. Dave, Raider fan, did say the Super Bowl goes through Vegas this year. They were not wrong. They just thought the Raiders would be there, but they won't. <laughs> well said, Casey. Uh, I would like to pile on, but I think you've done a, an effective job there. Moving on to the Lions. Four-game win streak came to a crashing halt last week as they were absolutely clobbered by the Raiders 38-6, dropping them to 5-2. and two. Still a two-game lead, though, in the division, so feeling pretty good about that overall big picture. Despite the lopsided loss, Jared Goff played pretty well, 285 yards passing. He ranks fifth in the NFL with 1,902 pass yards uh, on the season. Montgomery missed last week, but and his absence was felt by the offense for sure. We talked about it while we were watching the game. Uh, he's listed as questionable for this one, so we don't know his status at this point. But they also lost uh, running back Mohamed Ibrahim last week. Uh, he'll be uh, out for a while. I don't know, a hip. Uh, maybe he had a surgery on that, so I believe – he may be out for the season. I'm not sure. Though Jameer, Jameer Gibbs was supposed to be a maybe a question mark at best last week. He ended up playing 65 of 75 snaps and had 126 yards from scrimmage and touchdown. So list him as questionable every week for crying yeah, out right? loud. That was a great performance. I'm on uh, Ross A. Brown, a career-high 13 receptions in this loss wow. for 102 yards. Sam Laporta continues to do his magic with six catches and 52 yards last week. So sounded like they played well enough to win, yeah. but they didn't put any points on the board, right? You need wow. scoring, obviously, in this league to get Ws. The offense is fourth in yards and fourth in passing, 11th in rushing, and eighth in points, scoring normally almost 25 points a game, despite having only scored six points last week. This year, the defense, again, much improved. We've talked about it all year long. They're 11th in yards. They're second versus the run, and they're fifth on third down. So those are some money stats right there. Stopping the run and stopping teams on third down. The Lions need this W at home versus the Raiders, and they need to get back on track. Yeah, dude, you always want to win every game, but I think uh, Dan Campbell's embracing getting the crap kicked out of you to kind of refocus and get everybody back 
to realizing, hey, you know, you can't just show up every week. You got to bring it. And you're, you know, you're always a game away um, from looking like total um, crap. So yep. overall, yep. I think that's going to be a good thing. Even better. You got the Raiders coming to town on Monday night. <laughs> no question. Should be a bounce back week for the Lions, right? On that's Monday right. night. Restore the roar. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. So many ways you can check out the Football Dudes Trend Zone, the podcast you are listening to now. Available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just head on over to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here.